Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, we're going to hit the mailbag, and I've got quite a few different and interesting uh, emails that have come to me in the last couple of days that I want to share with you. But I want you to understand a couple of things as we start out in this thing. Number one, I want you to understand that I'm not a political creature. I don't cling to groups. Any group that would have me, I wouldn't want to be a member of. Um, that's an old joke from an old comedian. But the bottom line is, is that there's a thing where people get hung up in groups and groupthink. And I think groups and groupthink are really a lot of the problem in our society because people don't think for themselves. They just let somebody else parrot into their mind what they want to think. And so as I go through some of the stuff today, especially the one article that I think is more politically inclined than the others, I want you to realize I'm not politically inclined. And I'm going to outline something for you in this first article that is just stupid. There's no politics behind this. I have not verified the article. Somebody sent it to me and uh, thought it would be interesting. And I usually don't do political articles at all. But you have to hear this because if this is true, and by the way, if anybody out there finds out this is not true, then you contact me and I will put you or your representative on the radio and give you equal time to state why it's not true. I don't know that it is or don't know that it isn't, but I'll tell you what, if it is, this political person that said this is a lunatic. And the political party that would back these people and let this person get away with saying this, I don't know how it is that the 20% of America now dominates the 80% of America that thinks the 20%'s ideas are stupid. But that's what's going on. Now, why would you bring that up? Well, this is a show about being financially free. Do you think there's any possibility of you ever being financially free if it's all right for people to steal your stuff? <laughs> that's what this article says. It should be all right for people to steal your stuff. Now, I'm going to read the article because I don't need to embellish it. To make it any better, it's already great. It says, in Texas, and by the way, the article stated this, and I pondered whether or not to read the article's title. It says, is it possible for someone to be dumber than AOC? And there's a picture of this very old Hispanic lady who must have been the person they're talking about. And it goes on and says, in Texas, State Representative Terry Meza, I'm assuming that's the lady's picture, is a Democrat from Irving. And that's where we're having our expo this year, so... I know where Irving is, has introduced a bill, HB 196. Her bill would repeal the state's castle doctrine. This doctrine allows a homeowner to use deadly force against an armed intruder who breaks into the home. Now listen to what she has to say. I'm not saying that stealing is okay. All I'm saying is it doesn't warrant a death penalty. Thieves only carry weapons for self-protection and to provide the householder an incentive to cooperate. Well, that's a lie right there. They don't carry guns just for protection. They carry guns to kill people. And they do kill people all the time. Break in, murder, take your stuff. Happens all the time, lady. I don't know where you came from. I have no idea where you you came up with that theory, uh, that these only carry guns for self-protection. They just want, get this, they just want to loot and get away. 
When the resident tries to resist is when people get hurt. If only one side had armed, if only one side is armed, fewer people would be killed. Goes on and says, Maisel was quick to reassure that her bill would not totally prevent homeowners from defending themselves. Under the new law she proposes, the homeowner's obligation is to flee the home at first sign of intrusion. If fleeing is not possible, he must cooperate with the intruder. Can you see this? But if violence breaks out, it's the homeowner's responsibility to make sure no one gets hurt. Oh, sir, I brought a gun into your house. I'm robbing you. And now I shot your wife. That's your fault. It's now your fault. And if I get hurt, I can sue you. It goes on and says the best way to achieve this is to use the minimum non-lethal force possible because intruders will be able to, with this new law, to sue you for any injuries they receive at the hands of the homeowner. Now, guys, I, I wish I could see your faces when you hear this. I wish I could see the faces of 100 or 1,000 of you at the same time and see if you actually believe this is true. Like I said, I have not verified this, but this is a person, Terry Mesa, Democrat in Irving, Texas, that's proposing this bill, and the bill is HB 196. And if I'm wrong, be happy to put you fair time on the area to show what really is happening. I would be I would love to find out that this is a lie because it's insanity. It goes on. It says, in most instances, the thief needs the money more than the homeowner does, Mesa reasoned. The homeowner's insurance will reimburse their losses, although they won't. There's a deductible lady. You don't even know what insurance policy does. On balance, the transfer of property is likely to lead to a more equitable distribution of wealth. Can you believe that? Now we're getting to equitable distributions of wealth by having Criminals steal your stuff, and that's a good thing. My bill can help make this transfer a peaceful one and so much better. Can you imagine this? Somebody should go to her house right now and knock, knock on the door, go, hi, I'm here to steal, I'm here to rob you. I'd like you to help me load my truck up with all your stuff. Please don't resist. I don't want to have to shoot you and then sue you for getting us into a fight. You know it's your responsibility to just help me steal from you. Can this be a real human being? Is there somebody on this earth that's that stupid? And then you want to know why whole groups of people can't make a living, can't get ahead, can't become financially successful. Entire groups of people. You can call them whatever you want to call them. They're a group of some kind. They get together and they formulate ideas together. That makes them a group. And a whole group of people out there cannot become successful because why? Because they have some idiot like this making up these ideas and perpetuating it, trying to make it law. I hope, in fact, I want you to contact me if you're mad at me. Ask Dell at L-U-I-N-C dot com. That's A-S-K-D-E-L. Ask Dell at L-U-I-N-C dot com. And uh, we can get your you know questions answered for you. We're actually um, reading some emails that I've received in the last couple of days. And the next one I want to work on is... Um, from a, a gentleman that has a problem with tenants. And so I'm going to read it to you again. I don't want to color these until I can get to the part where I'm trying to break it down for you. But he says, hi, Dell. I've been listening to your show as best as I can while working for the past five years or so. I've been renting out my single family home for about six years now. And it seems only one or two of those years have been desirable. 
as far as good tenants go. I've used real estate agents as well as my own resources to find tenants. It seems like no matter what, I'll be getting the bad end of the stick. Just recently, I helped out a local older couple by letting them sign a six-month deal due to their house catching fire and their homeowner's insurance company agreed to pay for everything. The tenant trashed the house and have left after only three months into the term with the insurance company telling me they were terminating any involvement with this tenant as well. They have gotten the house rent readily in the last week, and uh, we have lots of interest even only in the first day of listing. But I'm very curious if you have any advice on the best way to determine what makes good tenants other than the ordinary checks. Thank you for your time. You know, this is an age-old problem that people can't understand because the problem is most always themselves. What do I mean by that? There are bad people out there, and bad people are bad because they're good liars. And because they're good liars, normal people can't ascertain if they're bad people. Because the best liars, what is a thief? Where are the best salesmen in the world? They're in jail. They're thieves. And so when you say I've used real estate agents, real estate agents doesn't do you any good. And I've used my own resources. I guarantee you, you didn't. Because the reality is before you let a tenant in, you're going to do so much checking on that tenant, it's going to blow your mind. I have three girls that do nothing but check tenancy applications. They run them through a credit check. They run them through a criminal check. They run them through a housing background check. They verify their income. They verify their employment as far back as they can. And if these people are not just perfect, we don't take them. Now, I guarantee you, and I've told this to people for 30 years, if you have a bad tenant, you come visit me and bring me all of your checking materials. And I'll prove to you you didn't check. Because if you checked, you'll find out if they're bad. Or you'll find out that they were bad, but then you said, I did this person a failure. They had a bad time. People think that bad times come and go, and that people have a bad time, and so they they burnt an old landlord somewhere, or they had bad credit for a short period of time, because, you know, bad credit is just something that happens to people. It comes out of nowhere, hits you, and then goes away, and you're okay again. No, my friends. Bad credit is a psychological position in life. What is that position? That position is, I need your stuff more than you need your stuff. And I'm going to tell you whatever I can tell you to promise you I'll pay you, even though I won't pay you to take your stuff. And once I've got your stuff, I just won't pay you. That's what bad credit is. Get it. Bad credit is not paying somebody for something you took. That's stealing. So why do you have such a problem with calling a spade a spade? Bad credit is bad people. Bad rental history is bad people. Well, they got sick and they they got pregnant and they lost their job. And I've been sick. My wife's been pregnant. I've lost my job. I have no bad credit. Now, why is that? Because I don't live above my means. I don't make people give me stuff I can't afford to buy. That's all there is to it. And so when I have over a thousand tenants living in my business, I get one bad one every now and then 
once a year we'll have one. But it usually it's like one a year. Because the one will have such a terrible taste in your mouth. You go, my gosh. But when we look back at it, it always happens for one of two reasons. One, we inherited them by buying another property. That's most of the time. We pick them up from somebody else. Or two, whoever I had working for me screened them, found some questionable stuff, but let them bond around it. We said, what do you mean bond around it? Well, we have this system. If you don't qualify, you don't get in. However, if you want to put up a very, very large deposit, everybody tells me you can't do this. We do it all the time. People come in and say, I I have bad credit. I want to live. They go, oh, well, give us $3,000 then up front as a security deposit at risk if you ever break the lease or do any damage to the unit. People go, you can't get $3,000 out of bad people. Bad people don't have money. Bad people have money because they didn't pay the good people they should have paid with the money. They've ripped somebody else off. And what you're saying is, I'm going to take you. If I'm going to take on that risk, if it really was only one time in your life, one bad option, then you don't mind putting up a deposit. You know why you don't mind it? Because you'll get it back. See, we're not taking it from you. You're giving it to us to prove that you're real. And then if you go through the whole thing and do it, great, we'll give it back to you. And then, wow, then you've got good credit. You've got good rental history. But see, this gentleman doesn't do that. There's no way. If someone does $200 worth of $500, $1,000 worth of damage, and I've got $3,000 security deposit, we're going to be able to cover it. If they don't pay rent, and my rents are typically between $1,000 and $1,500 a month, if they don't pay rent, we've got enough to cover it. We've got enough to cover both non-payment of rent that month while we evict them and whatever damages they do. And so do we like having a bad person get through? No, we don't. But we don't look at it as as if it's their fault. It's our fault for taking. Guys, do you realize you have a better chance of having a bad kid than a bad tenant? Why? Because you didn't pick your kid. You didn't screen your kid. It just popped out and there it was. Now it's a brat. Now it's terrible. But a person that's already lived on this earth at least 21 years old enough to rent, 18 years, whatever it is legally you rent, they've already got a proven track record. They've already proven that they're a snot, a brat, a runny-nosed lunatic, wacko, or a very good, sound, hardworking student and or employee. They've already proved it. Your kid, when it pops out, you have no idea. So don't complain about tenants. Tenants are your fault. Complain about kids. They just get thrust upon us. I get this kind of article all the time, or this kind of letters all the time, and I'm just telling you. I will prove it to you that you didn't screen your tenant. Or if you did, you did it ineffectively. And that's why and how you end up with bad tenants. Take a short break. Be right back with the Del Wamsi Radio Show. Lifestyles Unlimited member retires in 10 months. The hardest part for me was to drop off my son, go to a job that I absolutely hated for five years, but know that that was a sacrifice that I needed to make, and then only be able to get to spend two hours with him after school before he had to go back to bed. 
So that's why once we started and we joined Lifestyles, we said, okay, we have a roadmap. We know what we're gonna do. And then a month later, we find out we're pregnant with baby number two. And we're like, okay, we gotta kick it up a notch. So that's how we were able to purchase four different properties and um, replace in 10 months, replace my income in 10 months so that whenever I finished maternity leave, I didn't have to go back to work. I think a, I think a couple weeks before she baby came out is when we closed on a fourplex and that was enough for her not to have to go back to work. Are you ready for your roadmap to real estate retirement? Attend the online free workshop, just like Carolina did. Register lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're doing uh, mail out of the mailbag here, and uh, I've got a bunch of different emails that people sent me. The next one's an interesting one. It's a Bloomberg article, and it states this as its headline, Investors leap at a chance to double their money in 1,387 years. Whew. Money pours in after the Federal Reserve raised its interest rate to 0.05% from zero. So this is the overnight Fed rate. And this is where banks park their money. Now, if you understand that banks don't like lending their money out, which is weird as can be, but they don't, and they only lend to prime people, which we've got another email in here about that right now, where a guy's saying he's not prime, so he can't get lent to. You, you have to understand the whole world is really teetering on this massive teeter-totter right now of money and what it earns. So people keep saying, well, you know, real estate's going to crash, real estate's going to crash, real estate's going to crash, real estate can't crash. There's no way it can crash. Gosh, I pray sometimes it will crash. I, I do. I, I literally get up inside of my bed and kneel down and ask the Lord, make real estate crash for me again, please. <laughs> but it won't. And the reason it won't is because people can't even earn a half of 1%. It's five tenths of 1%. You're not even earning 1% interest on your money. Now think about being a retired person. In the old days, you could get CDs that would go up to 10, 12, 15, 18% if you went out long enough. You could even get savings accounts that earn 5 or 6%. And now you're earning less than 1% with your money. Well, you have to invest it in real estate. There's nothing else you can put it into. You put it in the stock market, and it goes up and it goes down, it goes up and it goes down, it goes up and it goes down, and lo it be the day that it goes down the day you need it, because it's down. That's the difference. Real estate pays you a rate of return, and currently, I'm seeing most distributions out there coming in somewhere between 6 and 10%. We used to earn, by the way, 15 to 20%, so I won't even begin to say that we're making the same kind of cash flow we were making before, but we used to be able to buy real estate at a 20 cap rate. In other words, 20 times earnings. So now we have to pay four times earnings, a four cap rate. So that's 96% of debt that we have to pay compared to what we used to have to pay. It's just ungodly. But the thing is, even with that, it's still the highest cash on cash return you can get of 6 to 10%. Now, there's some deals that are better than that because they're just incredible deals. There's probably some deals that are worse than that because they're not very good deals. They were bought improperly. But when you add to the fact that that 6 to 10% is tax-free, 
That doubles its value because I'm in the 40% tax bracket. Not all of you are, but I am. So every dollar I earn, I have to give up 40 cents of it, right? But if I can earn it in real estate, I can earn it without paying the 40 cents. So it's almost double. So six becomes nine because I don't have to give half of it away. And 10 becomes 15 because I don't have to give half of it away. The point I'm making this article says, in the article, what it states is, is that billions and billions of dollars were taken out of the government's money system for five-tenths of one percent. They're saying they're afraid the banks won't lend money to anybody if they can earn this much by just sticking it in the Federal Reserve and earning the overnight rate of five-tenths of one percent. They said, why did they do this? Banks will stop lending. They'll start putting their money where they know it's safe. To me, it just proves that the money system right now is so fragile. And, you know, there's real estate prices are going up radically, continue to go up. Rental prices are going up radically. They continue to go up. And it's all because there's too much money chasing too little product out there. But you can't build anything new. You can't afford to build something brand new right now. Lumber, concrete, labor, astronomically expensive right now. And so, less and less supply, more and more demand for some place to put your money in. What do you get? And by the way, the demand is increasing from other countries also. People don't want to be in communist countries. You know, people here want to all turn this country into a communist country. No, you don't. People are killing themselves to get here, to get away from what you want to turn this country into a socialist or a communist country. They're killing themselves to get away from a dictatorship, and you're wanting to turn this into a dictatorship. You need to open your eyes. The here and the now and this country is the greatest place on earth. There's no other place even close. And your opportunity to become wealthy, the here and now wealthy, is absolute. I bring you people every single week on the show. I bring you people every month live. I bring you people every year at our expo. And I just keep proving it to you. The people, one after another, after tens of hundreds of them, are retiring wealthy in just two to five years. This is the place to do it. This is the way to do it. But you've got to do it. And you have to believe. Whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, it can achieve. And that's like I'm saying on these mailbags today. When I go through this mail, what I'm saying to you is the reason you're not where you want to be financially is because you don't think about life the right way. You have the wrong beliefs about the rules of this universe and how they work. And because of that, you're going to have problems. Here's an interesting one. It's uh, another tenant question uh, along the same lines as the one we talked about before, but a little bit different. And I'll share this one with you. It says, how does your property management handle tenants that put in maintenance requests every month that end up being landlord responsibilities? Okay, let's start there with one sentence, and then we'll break this paragraph down sentence by sentence. First thing we do is, before we let any tenant move into any house we have or any apartment we have, we make sure everything is absolutely perfect. Now, you think about it. If everything is perfect, there's no reason for a tenant to call you and say that there's a repair. So, a lot of landlords just let people move in, and then they find out the stuff is wrong as the tenants bring it to their attention that it's wrong. 
We don't let that happen because we fix everything. There's nothing to call us about. If everything is perfect, everything is perfect. There's no understanding that. Say, well, what if something breaks? Things don't break. I want you to stare at something and watch it break. Things don't break. People wear things out. And over periods of time, mechanical things wear out. And so if you've got a water heater and it's 10 years old and the tenant moves in and you haven't replaced it for 10 years and the water heater wears out on the 10-year and two-day mark, it's not that tenant's fault. And he's calling you because he's got problems and he wants them fixed. And it is your fault. And it is your price and your problem and your money. We had somebody inspect our water heaters. I'm just using water heaters because we saw water in the pan under the water heater. What does that mean? That means there's rust and the water heater is about ready to go out. So we call a plumber. We get a bid. We got to replace the water heaters. If we don't replace the water heaters, they're going to break. And then we're going to have a problem. And since we're not tenants, we wouldn't be calling anybody, be calling ourselves. But we'll be irritated at ourselves because we let it happen. So this guy has got to see that. There is nothing to break that's your fault unless it wears out goes on. I've also had tenants that never broke anything. Of course, you've had tenants that never broke anything because some tenants are great and some tenants are great until they're not. And once they're not, then they're not. Next. Also, do you have any one that's willing to do a HELOC on a home where the owner has bad credit and lots of equity so I can join your mentoring program? If you have lots of equity, you can get an asset-based loan. In other words, they're going to tie up your house and give you some portion of what it's worth, but not a large portion of what it's worth. They might give you 50%, 50, 60 cents on the dollar. And yes, they can do that. Do I know them? No, I do not because I don't have bad credit. So I don't deal with those particular concerned people. However, they're out there and you can look them up. I'm trying to think of, I can even think of somebody to send you to, but I really can't because, again, I do multifamily myself now. I don't do single family, so I don't even know single family lenders. But the answer is yes, there are people out there that will do it for you. Next question. You mentioned finance or sell. Currently, depending on the income, I'm not sure about you because it all hot air on the radio, no proof of evidence what you do. Wow. That's an interesting statement. You mentioned refinance or sell, but I currently depend on the income must be of the property. And I'm not sure about you because it's all hot air on the radio. No proof of evidence that your idea works. Wow. That's an amazing statement, is it not? It just in and of itself. 30 years I've been bringing people on here once or twice a week, testifying to the success. We have people every single month in every office we have getting up and testifying to the results. And to this guy, it's all hot air. Wonder why the guy has bad credit. Maybe it has to do with his approach to life. And he thinks everything is hot air. I've never heard you bring a tenant on the air and tell you that they're happy. Well, guy, my product is education for investors, not education for tenants. So I'm not going to bring tenants on. I'm going to stay 98 to 100% occupied by doing right to tenants. But I'm not going to bring a tenant on the radio to tell you He's a happy tenant. Instead, I'm going to bring you in someone who's retired. Now, from the files of Del Wamsley. Each and every email is a person's personal feelings about where they are 
So if you're sitting out there, as many people have, and you're asking yourself, how is this relevant to me? Am I like these people or not? Let's go ahead and read this. It says, I started listening to the radio show maybe a year ago. It was just after I came to the great epiphany that if we, that's her and her husband, had never invested in real estate, my husband and I would have had a lot more fun. There it is. What a statement. Say, Del, why would you read something like that? You got to listen to this. Very important. Said, I was married in 77 and we bought our first house the same year. Before that, we fished, camped at water skied, danced, and partied. We had fun. Now remember, I've always told you it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. It's about those things is why you want to have passive income. It's why you want to be financially free so you can do those things. What she's saying is before we even tried to get money, we had those things, which leads us back to the point that I made in the radio show the other day about the fishermen, which is a lot of times people go to work and work the rest of their lives to try to get ahead far enough that they can afford to take some vacation and go do the fun things that they can really afford to do right now. Which means instead of trying to make a ton of money to live the rest of your life in a great lifestyle, what you really need to do is you really need to go out there and put together the lifestyle you want and then find a way to finance it. In other words, not finance it, but to facilitate it financially. That's really what you need to do. And if you don't do it that way, you do it the other way around, you will forever be working. That's all there is to it. And this lady said, look, we started doing this stuff. Let's read on and see what she said here. It says, with a house, we were working on this, the house, then rehabbing a duplex down the block. Moved to Alaska in 81, sold all the property, had fun till we started buying real estate. He died in 2015. Definitely didn't want to hear a show on real estate, but it was a long drive. So she's listening. She says, I really don't want to hear about this. I already realized real estate is terrible. It ruined her and her husband's life. But I was really impressed with the culture of your organization and the ethics. Turned me around. Realized that if I could learn how to do real estate the right way instead of my husband reinventing the wheel when there was a perfectly good wheel right in front of him, I might just like it. Figured it was worth a try. So there you go. Have a great day. Hope that answers your questions. And remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.